Progressive Rugby League. Welcome to the Progressive Rugby League podcast. And why the DIY intro, you ask? Well, this week, we're slugless. We're without slug. It's just myself, John O'Duncan, and my good friend, Big Al. Yep. Welcome, Big Al. That's right. Here we are without, without the main man, Slug. And I have to say, I don't really know what's going to happen this episode. Because <laughs> normally, I rely on the Slug so much to tell me exactly what to do. Um, we might get a little bit weird. It might there's, get there's weird. There's potential for things to get a bit crazy in here without there's, the Slug looking after us. There's even bigger potential for dead air, I'd say. So let's see how <laughs> we go. Now, this is a special week in PRL land because we've actually got two episodes this week. We're doing our usual... Roundup of the week in Progressive Rugby League with myself and Big Al. Uh, and Slug is doing a, an extra episode himself with his good friends uh, from his rugby league past. And little do people know that the Slug the slug used to be a half-decent rugby league player on the used Central Coast. Used to be. Coast. Still is. <laughs> he on the still cent- is. Oh, really? Yeah. On the Central Coast of New South Wales. So tune in for that uh, podcast. You'll see that around the traps over uh, the next couple of And what are we calling days. it? Slug, slug on the couch? I think it's Rapping with Slug. Rapping with Slug. So let, tune keep into that. Keep it real, I like that. It's going to be good. But yeah, There's one thing Slug does well, let's keep it real. <laughs> now, first things first, let's go through our, our show. We're going through the normal show. We're going to have our reflections. We're going to have the international update. We're going to have PRL Mailbag and the progressive moments of the week. So this is very exciting times. So let's get started with reflections. Big Al? What are your reflections? Well, my the reflection this week. So I've, I'm going on a bit of a, a self improvement journey uh, of late, and okay. uh, this weekend, last, throughout the last round, I found the perfect formula to have a wonderful, beautifully relaxing Sunday afternoon. <laughs> and do you know how to do that? I've got no idea. I've never had one. You completely ignore any Tigers game that is going on at the same time. <laughs> And Did you do this on purpose, or you just totally oh, forgot? Oh, no, I, how could I forget? <laughs> I deliberately paid no attention to the Tigers game, and consequently, regardless of the result of the game, I had a wonderful time. And so, at what point did you tune into the result or the score before the end of the game? So, I kept it, I made sure that I didn't ignore the game. Okay. I, I, I checked in on it, but I didn't pay it any attention. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I paid no mind. Okay. So... Uh, I let it start without me really caring. I wasn't there for kickoff. I checked in uh, only not on the TV, only via the internet yeah. for the score at, uh, about ten or fifteen minutes in. Okay. Uh, checked again, uh, you know, like forty-five, fifty minutes later, uh, and then uh, once once I knew it was over, I looked at the final score. <laughs> and what did you check in when it was twenty to six? And did you start getting sweaty armpits after seeing that? Or? No, so I, I saw it when it was six all. Then I saw it again. The Tigers were leading every time I checked in. Yeah. Um. So I only checked in two, maybe three times. Okay. Uh. But knowing the way, I've, I've since seen the highlights and everything. But sure. Knowing the way that that game went, and the last sort of seven to five to seven minutes. No, being a Tigers fan and knowing things always fall apart at the end for us, it would have been nothing but a ball of stress and anxiety. And I'm just glad I missed the whole thing. So, you know, I'm I'm I don't mind that I missed a thrilling victory because I didn't have to deal with the horrible stress and anxiety that came with it. So Your doctor will be thanking you. It was really nice, and I, I I finished my weekend feeling really relaxed, and I started the new week revitalized. But surely there's a part of you that regrets missing a wonderful victory with Robbie and Benji back together, you know, conducting things. No, no, not really. I'm, I'm happy <laughs> that I just didn't have to sit through that. Unfortunately, what it means now is the Tigers' seasons are still alive, so therefore, and they played, you know, from what I saw, they played some fantastic football, which means they got my expectations again. Yeah. So the rest of the year, 
I, I want them to win so badly, but I kind of want them to lose so I can just not have yeah. to worry anymore. And what are you going to do next week? Well, I'm going to have to go all the way out to ANZ Stadium on a Saturday afternoon, I guess, oh, and watch, yeah, them, South, watch them play nine in a row South Sydney and probably have my heart broken. But at least then the season will be over. <laughs> well, Silver linings, my friend. I mean, what a journey you're on. I mean, yeah. we've been had the ups and downs for you earlier in the year. Only a couple of weeks ago, mm. you were telling us how, how stressed the Tigers were making you feel. Yeah. And now you've just decided to go, you know what, I'm, I'm missing out today. And it's exactly. worked out well. And it, was, and it was the right choice. Right. It was the right choice for me and probably for greater society. Yeah, okay. Well, that's an that's a interesting reflection. Mm. Let's check in next week and see how you go <laughs> after a Saturday game against South Sydney. Look, my reflection from the weekend. Well, have you ever booked a holiday on the other side of the world? You know... Uh, to the Northern Hemisphere if you're from Australia, a European vacation, or if you're from the Northern Hemisphere, an Australasian vacation. You know, you book the holiday three months out, and then in that ensuing three months between the time you book it and the holiday, it's just the wonderful sense of anticipation. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, the possibilities are literally endless. Mm. You, could, you could have a summer fling, you could meet the girl of your dreams, you could meet, you could find a job, a job opportunity that'll change your life. Or going by most 80s sitcoms, you'll get caught up in a game of international espionage. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Espionage. So, I mean, this is what this time, this part of the season reminds me of. This is my favourite part of the season. Origin's over, and we've got about eight weeks to go. And the, the possibilities are literally endless. Anything could happen, especially if you look at the, the championship in England, the Super League in England... And even the, the top eight situation in the NRL has, has tightened up slightly with the Raiders and the Tigers now only four points out of the eight. And now, at this point of the year, you can, you can dream about the possibilities. If you're a Catalans fan like we are, you know, theoretically, they could win both the Challenge Cup and <laughs> the Super League. Oh, my God, I never even considered that. Or, oh, wow. or they could be relegated. I mean, anything can happen. This yeah. is a wonderful time of the Hang year. Hang on a nice edge. So the anticipation... And as we know through our experience in holiday making, anticipation is often, it often beats the holiday itself. Mm. It's often superior to the holiday experience. So I, I say to our progressive rugby, progressive rugby league fans, you know, soak up this time of the year because it doesn't get better. It's, it's likely to get worse. <laughs> right now... There's John Damascus coming out there. <laughs> right now, anything can happen and it's a, a thrilling part of the year. So I say, and we're going to talk about the championship and the Super League ladder in more depth because that is really, really hotting up. I'm yeah. looking forward to the international update later on, Big Al. So, look, I say um, a wonderful time of the year and soak it up. Soak it up. So there are the reflections for the day. Now, I think it's time for the Pear Real Mailbag. Now, this is an exciting part of the uh, the journey. Uh, Slug would normally play the, the theme song, which we, we don't have with us today. So here we are, the PRL mailbag. We've had a bit of correspondence. You're not, not going to freestyle rap the... PRL, what's the smell? It's the mailbag. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> that'll do. Uh, look, we've had a bit of correspondence over the last week or so. I'll start off with uh, correspondence from our friend Rugby Liam, who is, uh, is, is a real person, and he's from London, actually. Rugby Liam? Rugby Liam is his oh, Twitter handle. That is handle. the best handle I've ever heard. Yeah, Rugby Liam. He's a London Unless the only, only way he could top that is if his name was Lee and he called himself Rugby Lee. Oh, that'd be pretty yeah, good. But still, Rugby Lee, well done. <laughs> My hat goes off to you. Yeah, well done. So he got in touch with us because he saw a tweet of ours that was um, promoting the London Broncos game. And he said, I listened to your podcast and it was interesting. 
So <laughs> it's probably the nicest thing anybody's ever said about it. He didn't say it was good or bad. He said it was interesting. <laughs> so thanks, Rugby Liam. So that was a bit of a correspondence we had. Other than that, we had some more correspondence from our friends at Rugby League Now. And uh, as you may have heard, Rugby League Now is this new grassroots community organisation that is recording uh, or streaming a whole bunch of random rugby league games around the world. So it's kick-off somewhere, so you can you know, watch some sort of rugby league anytime at any place. So we sent out a, a tweet earlier just reflecting on the Origin series that just passed, which I, I thought was one of the most exciting Origin series of recent times in terms of the, the play. The quality of football was top-notch. Well, not only the quality of football, but the excitement levels of the football. They were throwing the ball around mm. and they were promoting the ball to their outside backs, and it was quite thrilling. So we sent around a tweet saying, look, Origin is a phenomenon, and there's no doubt about that, but it's not infallible. And its biggest threat is a New South Wales dominance. So let's, let's consider this. If New South Wales were to go on a, a run similar to Queensland's run over the last 12 years, that would, I, I believe that would seriously impact Origin's popularity. Because it's different when it's, when it's coming from Queensland, because Queensland is the smaller brother. So they never, ever get sick of winning. Whereas New South Wales, being the bigger brother, get complacent very quickly. So that, in our opinion, in my opinion... <laughs> no, you can say our opinion. Okay, I agree. Our opinion I agree. ...is the biggest threat to Origin. But, I mean, it might not happen because it looks like the next uh, generation is going to be pretty even. So, fingers crossed. But it still is a threat. It's not infallible. And that's why promoting international rugby league is so important. And so we got this reply from our friends at Rugby League now. They said, remember when New South Wales won three in a row? Origin was declared dead. As was international rugby league after the 64 points Australia put on GB. Both have come a long way, but the room for growth is astronomical in international rugby league. So good point, rugby league now. And uh, it brings me to the news of the week, which really revolves around the NRL finally getting on board with International Rugby League. They've set up a calendar of sorts, and it looks like they're going to bring back the Kangaroo Tours. What did you think about the announcement from the NRL earlier this week? Big, big Al. All right. <laughs> Again, without Slug, I don't know what to do. Um, so uh, well, uh, before we get on to, to the, uh, the detail of what the NRL said about International Rugby League, sure. I just want to focus on the comments of Rugby League now and also to comment on your comments. Okay. Is that, yes, I think Origin, it relies on, for it to maintain this, this dominance, national dominance um, it, it has whilst it's, whilst it's on, which mm. is quite miraculous in Australia that a game played between New South Wales and Queensland makes headlines in Victoria and Western Australia. Yes. Uh, but if, if Queensland don't dominate it and the story of Queensland just sticking it to New South Wales all the time s stops, which it, probably, which it will, mm. it'll either become New South Wales will be stronger or they'll be relatively evenly matched. It won't, it'll lose a lot of its... Um, luster. It's luster, it's marketability and all that sort of stuff. Like, I think we've all fallen into the trap of... Because Queensland's been dominant for the last 12 to 13 years. Yeah. So we've all forgotten that that's not normal. Yeah. And before that it was, you know, you'd get... Uh, two one, what like three nil victory. Like, it was it was almost perfectly evenly matched it up was. until like two thousand and six when the run started. Yeah, and Origin wasn't. I mean, it wasn't not big, but it definitely wasn't this huge national thing it, like it's like it's become. Yeah. And I think the more success New South Wales has, the less relevant or the, the less amazing mm. Origin will become. 
Yeah, let's see what happens. I mean, mm. that, that's my thought. But then again, it never ceases to surprise. It's such a simple concept. One team playing another. There's, some, there's something magic about yeah. it. There's, there's a little bit of magic dust in there. You never know. Yeah. But, yeah. but it is a good point because we do put a lot of faith in Origin being that, that big marketing tool that, that brings other people in, the casual sports fan, into rugby league. So if it does uh, you know, go on the way in a little bit, you need something else. International well, yeah, rugby league is international that something rugby league else? is that it? And and there was hints of that in the World Cup with um, Tonga and New Zealand, yes. with defections to Tonga to try and stick it to New Zealand yeah. because New Zealand kept taking all their um, taking all their talent. And you just got to, I guess you just got to cultivate that, right? You, you got to massage it, you got to incubate oh. it, and then um, you know the, the 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 platform is there. Yeah, for things to be built upon. Yeah. Um, and to the announcement from the NRL this week, what did you think? I mean, was it? Well, it, it got a bit of a bit of good press, a bit of criticism. I personally, I think uh, any any way the NRL can actually acknowledge and put some sort of strategy behind, like real strategy, yeah. not not like oh, I'll give you a test in Campbelltown sort yeah. of stuff, real actual long term strategy behind international rugby league. Then I'm a fan of, and I don't care if they could have done a better job or if it's selfish or whatever. The NRL rules the game globally yeah. in terms of. Power, money, and power. Sure. Regardless of, of how correct that should be. Yeah. So if the NRL wants to actually do something real, then everybody just needs to get behind it. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a good start. It's an excellent start. Finally, the NRL are realizing that international international rugby league is important to the future of the game. Phew. Finally. Yeah, there we go. Right. But there's it, it for me. It was a little superficial, uh, and. The, the pathways for the emerging nations were not really there. It's a good thing that they've got the Pacific uh, Cup. That was Oceania a good idea. Cup. Oceania Cup. Well, that, but that great idea that the Lions tours will come back and, and rugby league tours, three test series, and that sort of thing is is back on the agenda. But you know, I didn't see anything. What about PNG? They weren't really part of the Oceania Cup. Um, so well, things, PNG, like, things like that. What about USA who and Canada who mm, were hosting the so rugby league? The, the World idea Cup behind it, if you look, some of the stuff that. I think that Peter Beatty said, it must have been Peter Beatty said, um, that locally they want to focus on growing international rugby league through the Pacific yep. because that's where the that's where the sort of the, Growth the market and where a lot of the talent is connected and all that sort of stuff. So you've got natural fit there. Sure. And for the Northern Hemisphere, they want to focus on growing it in Europe. Yes. And uh, there was a couple of things he said. He specifically called out, we need to expand the game in France, which yes. you know, I'm a huge fan of, of that. We all know, we've all wanted uh, a part of the French, oh, the French rugby league, the, the empire that once was. Uh, you know, the French basically started the first World Cup. Is that right? They did. It was basically, uh, the, anyway, off topic. Damn uh, you, bitch, government. <laughs> ruining our French damn rugby league. Hitler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Uh, yeah, there, there, there was. Um, I think they're looking at the US as more of a like a marketing vehicle rather than an actual yeah um, source of, of talent. So uh, okay. in, the, in that same press release slash article, there was talk of launching the next season or the season after next. Yeah, with South versus Melbourne, I think they said in in the mm. U, in the US. Yeah, um, and doing some more things like that to sort of cultivate a bit of a market prior to the twenty twenty five World Cup. Yeah, okay. Um, but they've decided that. In the Southern Hemisphere, it's the Pacific, and in the Northern Hemisphere, it's Europe, which, you know, look, it kind of makes sense because you've got a really strong talent base in the UK in yeah. terms of international. You've got the second biggest yeah. talent base there. So it's probably a lot easier to expand and get competition between teams 
in, in, in that geographical area. I suppose the attitude is first things first. You know, you've yeah. got to concentrate on the areas where you actually have competitions and, and you know, genuine competitions and, and sort of market and TV yeah. coverage and then expand from there. Look, uh, it's exciting times because for the first time in my living memory, well, not, not quite, probably the first time since the mid-90s, since the Super League War, really, International Rugby League is now being taken seriously again. Yeah. And not before time, let me tell you. You know what? One thing that's kind of you know sticking in my craw yeah. is that I know that there's get, once we'll, international rugby is going to be a raging success. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be. It's going to take over. But I, the I, district. Oh, <laughs> but I worry that uh, once once it is this raging success, people are going to look turn around and go, Mal Meninga and Peter Beattie. They invented international rugby league. <laughs> when we all know it was Steve Mascourt. That's right. <laughs> He's not going to well, get the credit he deserves. Well, I hope one day, if you know, in 2025, let's hope the uh, Rugby League World Cup is a raging success in, in North America. And I hope on the dais is one Steve Mascourt <laughs> handing out the medals and people are going up saying, thank you. Thank you, Thank Steve. you, Stephen. Thank you, Masco. Oh, what's his real name? Andrew Johnson Ooh, or something? Andrew Langley. Andrew Langley. Andrew John thank Langley? You. John Andrew Langley? <laughs> Anyway, thank you, Andrew, John, slash Stephen. Look, while we were talking International Rugby League, I decided to look at the International Rugby League rankings. Oh, yes. Rankings. rankings. So, fellas, or figure out. Just fella, me. <laughs> here are the rankings. So, Australia's way ahead, followed by New Zealand, mm-hmm. and then England, just behind. Yep. So, I would have thought England might have crept up to number two, but no, it's still New Zealand. I thought that the Denver test was officially a playoff for second in the rankings. Well, That's no. how it was marketed. I saw some... Some stuff flicking around the internet. Well, no, this is just came out this week, okay. actually. Fourth place, Tonga, followed by Fiji, Samoa, Scotland and France make up the top eight of International Rugby League. Scotland? The, Scotland in seventh, yeah. Did they That's have surprising. a... Yeah, I mean... Who plays for Scotland? Oh, they've Ooh, got, like, um, the, they've got uh, the uh, Super League talent and the I guess so. championship talent. Who's... Um, they definitely oh, Lachlan Coote. Lachlan Coote plays for Scotland. Well, they definitely <laughs> struggle at the World Cup. I'm not sure how they're seventh. France in 8th, Lebanon ninth, PNG 10th. Surprising that Lebanon is ninth because I would have thought, I guess they haven't played, the only time they've played would have been the World Cup. They I guess that, played that's probably since. a like for a lot yeah. of these teams. Ireland 11, 12, Wales, Italy 13, 14, the USA, uh, 15, Jamaica. I don't know how f- Jamaica's right. made the top 15, <laughs> but good on them. 16, Canada, 17, Serbia, our friends yeah. at uh, Red, Red Star. Star, 18, Malta, 19, Norway, and number 20, Russia. Russia. Vlad, Vlad and the Russians. <laughs> all right. And it goes, you know it goes all get... the way down to number 48, okay. Morocco, who are on 0%. Zero <laughs> good for them. 0.0%. You know all we need to do is get Putin involved in, uh, get Putin interested yeah. in rugby league. He Russia makes... will skyrocket up the rankings. He makes things happen. Yeah, he does. Vlad. He's a man who knows how to get things done. And then, tr- because Trump's going to see that and we're going to want to have America to be competitive with Russia in rugby league. Yeah. That, that's how we... All right, who's in with Putin? Hang on, hang on. As a progressive rugby league podcast... Oh, all right. Sometimes you just got to park <laughs> park, the, park what's good for the world and just focus on what's good for rugby league. No, as progressive rugby league connoisseurs, we cannot encourage... Yes, fine. All ...a right. game that uh, loves Putin and Trump. But hey, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, so yeah, they're the, the international... Rugby league rankings, right as we speak, mm. right coming at you. So that probably leads well into. So rugby gal and me, we like what we see when it comes to French Canadian rugby thirteens. Well done. Now, do you think that was better or worse without the slug? No, slug brings a beautiful baritone. Yeah, he does. When it's he goes nice. deep, yeah. he goes oh, deep. Yeah. When he goes deep, 
So, man, what a week! What a week in international rugby league. What have you got for us, Big Al? Uh, so, I guess we'll start. We'll start with the Super League. Okay, it's a logical place to start. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the Catalans Dragons, the PRL's favourite Super League team, uh, have just played out a twenty-two all draw with Warrington. Oh, so what an important point. I mean, you don't really see too many draws these days, uh, especially not in the NRL because they don't exist anymore. But draws are rare, so we should celebrate them when they come around. And Absolutely. I like a high-scoring draw as well, like yeah. a twenty-two all draw. That's a worthy, that's a worthwhile draw. Yeah. Like a, you know, a six all and eight all. Like I'm sure there was tension, mm. but when it gets to the, uh, you know, into the twenties, you mm. know that was a good. You when know, you look at like the rugby league scorecard from a high scoring draw, and you see like the different try scorers when they scored, you know, penalty goals or field goals or conversions. Mm. You know, you can really use your imagination. <laughs> you go, wow, this is what happened. It's very exciting. Um, and so, uh, we've, we mentioned earlier at the top of the show, things are really getting interesting mm. in, in the Super League in terms of, you know, su- top eights versus middle eights and yep. promote, uh, well, not promotion, but staying where you are versus potential relegation. Yeah. So in the context of the table, this puts Catalans on, uh, at uh, equal, equal sixth, but seventh, yep. seventh place on 19 points, equal with the sixth place Wakefield Trinity and the eighth place Huddersfield Giants. So... There's two rounds left to go in the Super League, mm. um, and so potential four points on offer for each of those teams. Yeah, and um, let's not forget Leeds Rhinos are on 16 points. They're the defending champions, mm. and you know what? They've had a huge uh, run of losing, yeah. uh, and they're on 16 points now. And I tell you what, they've got two easy games to go. I mean, that, well, should we go what through is it, the? Isn't one of them against Catalans? No, well, I've got the I've got the draw here right. as we speak. So, so the teams we're talking about are Wakefield, Catalan, and Huddersfield on nineteen points, and Leeds on sixteen. They're fighting out to make it to the Super Eights, and so in the next round we have Huddersfield playing Castleford away from home. We've got Leeds playing Widnes, so that's an easy game. Widnes are coming last, and Catalan are playing Salford. So you'd think that Leeds and Catalan should get the chocolates there, and Wakefield are playing Hull FC. So you'd think. Leeds and Catalan are favourites, while Huddersfield and Wakefield maybe not favourites against those other teams. And then the final week, you've got Huddersfield and Wakefield. That's going to be a huge game because they're both on 19 points mm. as we speak. Salford and Leeds, once again, an easier game for Leeds. And Wigan beat Catalan. So last game for Catalan is against the second place Wigan at the moment. So look, it's tense. Well, and there's I, so many permutations. I'm going to declare, if Catalans can win one out of two... Safe. You think so? That's that's what I'm calling. Well, you think so because Leeds are currently in ninth place on 16. They'll have to, like, the maximum they can get is 20 points. Yeah. So you you think that the Catalan can win one? Yeah. They'll be through. Now I wonder, can Catalan lose both and still make it? So I guess if Catalan lose both and Leeds also only win one, yeah, then they then they could still make it. But you don't want to rely on. No. Losing other results. I mean, so come on, Catalans. We've got one out of two. Well, two out of two would be great. Oh, they're in great form as well. Uh, Josh Drinkwater. It's all. Jo- it's the Josh Drinkwater show. Right, With, just... uh, I guess, a little bit of help from Kenny Edwards on the bench. <laughs> um, but doing and, good things. And Greg LeBird as well. He's, he's doing good things Greg as well. Greg Avion. So anything more on the Super League there? Uh, no, so we'll close it out with the Super League. But then, of course, uh, what that does mean is we'll move down into the championship. Oh, the championship. So, <laughs> obviously... Uh, so we'll let... We'll, if Catalan, um, focusing back on the Super League for a second, if Catalan get played in middle eights, yep. then they'll be, at some time, they'll be facing Toronto, who sure. have been officially declared champions of the championship. Well done. Which means, so well done, Toronto. Uh, Amazing. Well, well out in front, so great stuff there. Um, 
Do you know when they're going to release the official draw for Super 8s? I'd be pretty keen on that. We should do a special Super 8s episode. We should. We should indeed. Uh, I think... I don't know, but I know that... um, I think the first two in the championship get four home games. So Toronto have, you know, obviously secured the championship, fantastic, and secured four home games, which is really important because travelling to Toronto is not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. I'm probably going to have... Billy Al's probably going to have to go to one. I I think think this is a pretty... This is a pretty... Unique opportunity. It's bloody exciting, Ooh, let me tell you. All right. But I'll tell you what, though. Toronto, they've got... Um, because is it a danger that they've wrapped up the championship a little early? Because, you know, the foot might go off the gas. It's hard to keep that intensity up. Mm. So when it comes to the qualifiers, are they going to be ready? Are they going to be match fit? Well, judging by results, they haven't taken the foot off the gas because they've just thrumped the Battle of Bulldogs, oh, okay. 64 to 18, um, which continues the trend of... of the emerging back end of the season trend in the championship of just massive, massive scores. Um, and uh, Toulouse have also uh, continued on their winning ways, defeating Barrow 70-8. to eight. So I think for the poor, I, I do really feel for the teams in the championship that probably don't have as much money as, as others. Yeah. Um, at, it's a long season when you're... like These guys are semi-pro, so yep. they've got real jobs to get to. Absolutely. Um, you can really tell that it's just... It, it's limping over the line sort of stuff, I think, for a couple, some of these teams. So um, we have to thank them for participating in the championship altogether. Cause thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you. That's, it's wonderful. It really, for, it's, I, don't, I don't know if these clubs actually get thanked enough. I agree. I think we really should take some time out. I agree. Like, Batley, Batley's been around for, what, like 120 years or something? Yeah, I believe they... Because through the Toronto marketing services, that I read that Batley, their home ground is the oldest home ground in rugby, in the world oh. of rugby league. They still played at the same home ground that they've played in the last 135 years or something. So uh, That just really warms warms the heart, doesn't it? That's so, beautiful stuff. As you say, Big Al, it's getting tight at the top of that table. So yeah. do you want to take us through the top, yeah. the top so six? Yeah, so we've got uh, Toronto. You know, they've already been declared champions with a couple of games to go, out of, way out on 39 points. But then positions two to six, mm. uh, it's, it's really up for grabs. So Oof. we've got Toulouse, second place on 31. Featherston uh, in, in third place on 30. Uh, fourth place, the London Broncos on 29. Equal with Halifax, who are in fifth place, also on 29. And then you've got Lee just below them on 28 points. And there was a huge game over the weekend between London and Halifax. And London just got the chocolate. So that was such a, an important win for London to just scrape in that top four at the moment. And so we've got the fixtures for the, the next two weeks um, coming up. So we've got next week... Featherston and London, another top four clash, oh. another absolute bell Is ringer. That, uh, at Featherston? At Featherston, I believe. So, Come on, you Broncos. This could really be a season-defining game for both. And then, also a top four you know, championship game, Halifax versus Toulouse. So once again, at Halifax. <laughs> once again, a vital game for both teams. Uh, and then in the second week, the other... The other crucial game in the second week is Toronto versus Featherston. So Featherston have a tough run home. But they've got London mm. and Toronto. I so, wonder if Toronto are going to... Because Featherston, um, they'll have all everything to play for. Yeah. I wonder if Toronto are going to just take the foot off for that game and go like, you know what? It's Rest not, it's not worth risking you know, injury and all yeah. that sort of stuff when it's against a team that has, has the talent and is going to be all out. Well, it's a tough one Ooh. because you'd think if there's some you know, niggling in- injuries that Toronto might rest a few players, but uh, you don't want to... You want to go into the qualifiers in winning form. Yeah. So this is what each of these teams from two to six have left for themselves. Toulouse in second place currently have Fal- Halifax and Dewsbury. You'd think they'll 
they'll get uh, over your Rams. They'll take care of the Rams, unfortunately. <laughs> Halifax is a very tough game. Featherston have London, Toronto. They're two Ooh, tough okay. games. London have Featherston, Barrow. They'll One tough game. Barrow, yeah. Yep. Halifax, Toulouse, Rochdale. So all those four teams have at least one tough game. Lee, who are currently in sixth on 28, have the two easiest games, Swinton and Sheffield, and they'll thrash those teams. They'll yep. finish on 32 for sure. Oh. So, oh, wow. so Lee are, are going to make a late run for it and wow. have got a good chance of, of making the top four, and it all depends on uh, those other games. So it's just a thrilling, a thrilling oh. time of the year. And, I, and it makes me think again, ladies and gentlemen, why on earth... Are we getting rid of, or thinking of getting rid of the qualifiers and super eights? Yeah, uh, I just don't understand. Now that now that we've gone through, like in previous episode, I know I said like I understand why they decided to do it, but mm. after just going through that, mm. why? Why would you want to get rid of it? I don't know. Just reading it is is exciting. Yeah, and the games haven't even started yet. I don't know about this new uh, Super League chairman. He's Nigel. No, uh, he's no. international. Yeah, no, I can't remember his name, but look, the point is, he wants everything. He wants to trickle down economic yeah. version of rugby league, <laughs> and as progressive rugby league connoisseurs, we cannot accept that. No, definitely we not. We cannot accept no. that. So look, it's all happening in the championship. It's all happening in super league. You know, have you got anything else for us on oh, rugby definitely. league? Oh, definitely. I certainly do. So, uh, I'd like to take some time out from the uh, the the PRL's goings ons to take a moment to acknowledge the Amsterdam Cobras. Oh. Who have just taken out the uh, they're just they're champions of the Netherlands domestic rugby league, so oh, officially known as the NRLB. Oh, cool! So, uh, which National Rugby League Brock? I think it must mean something in um, in Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they defeated the Den Haag Knights. Uh, so um, and that leaves the Rotterdam Pitbulls and the Harjevik Dolphins bemoaning a lost season oh. as they didn't fail. They failed to make the finals. There's four teams. Okay. So. <laughs> Good on them. Amsterdam. Amsterdam, yeah. And things are happening in South America as they always are. So uh, the first season of the Super Super 13 competition has commenced, which consists of three teams from the Entre Rios region of Argentina Uh and one team from the city of Paysandu in Uruguay. Wow. So, But the good thing about this, the super progressive thing about this, is each team will compete in a junior senior, and also women's competition mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. across those, those four regions. Oh, that's uh, and fantastic. The latest results just in, the uh, Aguarces Gladiadores have defeated the Paysandu Mil- Mulitas 36-6. to six. Have you been practicing rolling your eyes there? Because that was no, beautiful. No, it just comes naturally to me, actually. And if you'd like to know what a Mulitas is, yeah. it's an armadillo. Is that right? Yeah. So. What's an armadillo, again? That's an animal. Yeah. <laughs> that was a serious was, question. Like, that sounds like, silly. I thought you were setting me up for something. No. Right? Um, uh, and also, just across, across the Andes, uh, the Chilean Superliga season also commenced earlier in June. Um, so that's competed against five teams. We have the Los Angeles Loncos, mm. the Los Angeles Wolves, Negreta Mariman, the Nacimiento Orkan and the Cabrero Rhinos. Cabrero yeah. Rhinos. Oh, I like the, so, the Rhinos. I will provide updates, further updates on results of the games in that league as well. But South America. Yeah. Who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought it? It's a hotbed. Hotbed of grassroots growth of rugby league. Oh, look. I remember you and I, Big Al, we, we went to Henson Park one day and saw the Rugby League International between Chile and El Salvador. I think it was the uh, South American Rugby League Festival. That's right. And look, I went there thinking... This is going to be a bit of a joke, but I left there thinking, I'm on board. 
with South American Rugby League, yeah. Chile and El Salvador. Yeah. Uh, not quite in the top 20 uh, Rugby League <laughs> rankings at the moment, but look, get a few more games like that, yeah. Yeah. and they'll make their way up. Look, that's, that's another brilliant International Rugby League update. Thank you again, Big Al. You're welcome. All, All right. right. Chapter closed. Now, should we uh, finish off with our PRL Moments of the Week? Uh, yes, our Progressive Moments of the Week. Progressive Moments of the Week. What do so, we got? So, for me, uh, right now, for those folks that are listening internationally, and we know there's a lot of you, because we a have a mass, like, in, like Rugby League itself, we have mass international appeal. And we appreciate it. And we really appreciate it. But for those listening overseas, and probably in states outside of New South Wales, currently it's school holidays time. It is. So that means... Uh, we all know there's a long uh, a burden on parents. Like, what am I going to do with these kids? Mm. Like, it's what what I wouldn't know. What do you do with these kids? I don't have kids. The rugby the, the NRL has provided an answer by yeah. putting on free, officially accredited refereeing courses for kids uh, from ages 13 and up. Wow! So that this is an, an official course, the first step in getting your official. Uh, qualification diploma in yeah. in refereeing in rugby league refereeing mm-hmm. um it's free uh it's uh it's put they're putting them on in sydney of course uh in locations in queensland and also in adelaide fantastic which i think is just a really good step to uh highlight like refereeing is like a really important part of the game sure uh, but it's also like there's lots of benefits to it in in terms of you know decision making and and confidence in your own decision making. Absolutely. Uh, and there's a lot of technical ability, not to mention the fitness that's required. Dealing with criticism. Dealing that's with criticism. Line. Yes. Oh boy, dealing howdy. With, dealing with not so constructive criticism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're a bum. That's what I, I think. There's just a really good alternative to the standard. And uh, not there's anything wrong with school holiday footy clinics. They're also great. Yeah. But I just think this is a great. Um, addition to or alternative to that sort of stuff and again yeah. done free of, free of charge getting kids into it early because yeah. you know thousands and thousands of kids love rugby league but don't feel comfortable playing it so mm. it's another option another avenue for them to get into the yeah. game at an and, early age and not to mention junior rugby league clubs they need referees absolutely so like you need your you need junior referees I suppose to, to, to referee your official yeah. junior referee club games and so the game is sort of Whilst it's a very small step, is encouraging uh, people to sort of go on this path and, and become. Uh, I think become that's fabulous. I, I think I'm going to sign up. The only thing that's stopping, oh. the only thing that's stopping me is I don't want to be the 45 year old guy sitting in a classroom of 14 year olds <laughs> in that little, like, with a little desk. You're like Kramer when he took up karate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm dominating the dojo. <laughs> and they'll probably like the law, one of the one of the modules is laws of the game. Yeah. It's so embarrassing if I get it all wrong. <laughs> I don't actually know. Big Al, you, you are someone who will dominate dojo. I can see it. Uh, well, that's wonderful. What a moment. My mm. moment of the week comes from under 16s France versus England test series at the moment. Ooh. And it's progressive because France have won the first two games. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking earlier about uh, French Rugby League and wanting to strengthen it. It's a good sign. I mean, obviously, under-16s, you can't take much from it. But obviously, there's a fair bit of talent in France at that age group. You've just got to somehow keep them in in Rugby League before they get poached from the Rugby rugby Union clubs, the huge Rugby Union clubs Mm, there in France. So, um, Look, good news. What France really needs are a few more teams in the European Super League system or a stronger uh, national local competition to so those players yeah. have a pathway. But great signs. Two victories for the Engl- uh, French under-16s over the English under-16s. Do we know, do you know what the name... I think the French... Uh, the English under-16 team is the Knights? 
I'm not sure. No, no, no okay. I didn't do my research on that. Okay. The French, I'm not sure either. I just, I just think they're called the under-16s. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, unlikely. All right, well, hopefully, why the you know in, inevitable promotion of Toulouse to the Super League yeah. well, and the retention of Catalans well, will you know, solve that problem. Oh, imagine Give that. us some pathways. Give us well, some juicy, juicy pathways. If one day Toulouse will play Catalan in the Super League Grand Final... Oh. That, that oh, might just be the clutch. Oh, <laughs> you just collapsed. <laughs> All right. How's that? Are we done? I think we're done. All um, right. Good ep. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, next week we'll be back with uh, the usual threesome or yeah. three-way or three-peat. <laughs> What's the best way of saying that? Slug will be back yeah. hosting the show. We won't be slugless. We'll be slug full. We'll be full of slug. So we look forward to your company then. And let me say, see ya. See you all in Rugby League We Trust. See you next week. Thanks again.